Hi everyone, I'm Luis from LuisReview.com here coming to you on Thanksgiving Day. I hope if you see this video on the same day, I hope you're having a good turkey day and a good day of spending time with the family. And if you see it later, then I hope you had a great Thanksgiving Day. And um, of course, remember to follow me on www.LuisReview.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Louis Revere, Facebook also Louis Revere, and uh, you know I just talk about movies, talk about music, talk about some TV shows, and uh, this is a special kind of episode because I have seen a few films that I I want to get into reviewing, and but I want to do that video tomorrow because tomorrow I'm gonna see another film, and I'm gonna want to include it. So I'm gonna focus on this episode on one thing. Um, and then hopefully on this w next to the weekend I will talk a little bit about the films that I've seen this week and I want to get right into the video the video I mean uh, the reason I'm doing this is that I wanted to talk a little bit about the Beatles get back uh, just released today on Disney plus I got up early in the morning I saw that it was available and I just stayed there I mean I was shocked I was expecting two hours and it lasted two and 30 plus uh, minutes so it lasted two hours two and a half hours and it was a pure amazing thing I have to first congratulate uh, Peter Jackson uh, because I think he did justice to the history of the Beatles uh, to what the Beatles are about he did I think he did justice to the footage and I think he did justice to the fans and I'm gonna get into that pretty soon uh, so the first episode, I liked how it started because it kind of gave us like a fast summary of where the Beatles were up to that point where they were going to do Let It Be. And we get from Liverpool, the cavern, uh, each step of the, of the wake to the White Album. And, and I didn't know, and this is full of spoilers, so if you have not seen it, check it out later check the the film or the first part and then come and see the video um, so so what can I say I mean I was kind of shocked uh, but the, basically what the documentary reveals is that the Beatles enjoyed the experience of playing live Hey Jude in front of the TV audience and that inspired them to maybe do a live show I didn't put the two and two together uh, in any and in any documentary, I think they never mentioned that before, so that was interesting. And from that point, we get uh, the first day. I mean, what the, how the documentary appears is going to be made. They're going to go day by day of the footage, uh, day by day, and the time they were rehearsing for this live performance, which I think it was January, uh, starting the third, I believe, is. First day that, that the documentary started on. So basically, that's how we made. We get uh, day by day uh, of what the Beatles were doing. In so far, in the first episode, is centered on Twickenham, Twickenham Studios. And from the start, you get the feeling that it wasn't a good place. I mean, George didn't like the acoustic. Neither did Paul. I think John was annoyed. I think at the early 
they had to be him even Paul in one moment said that John is late again so uh, apparently he is not an early riser let's just put it like that uh, so so you get the feeling that maybe Tuckenham wasn't the best place to go but that's where they were and what we see in this first it's kind of like uh, two sides because in the beginning uh, even though there were some friction, I don't want to say friction, but some annoyance in the part of George specifically. They were having fun, they were going through numbers, they were looking even in their past when they went to sing songs that they wrote when they were, they were young, like Because You Love Me So, and, and even they went to classic covers like rock and roll music and other songs, which was great to see because uh, those footage I'd never seen. So it was really interesting to, to see them play those songs, to hear them talk, uh, to hear them laugh, joke around. Uh, <coughs> so so basically that's kind of what we get. And by the second hour, <coughs> I think the pressure of it all started to get to Paul and John. And it was funny because at one moment Paul was kind of like asking John, did you write something? Come on, give me the goods. That was funny. And John was like... I haven't been able to, so it was fun. But you see the pressure, the pressure of the second hour. I I guess you kind of feel like the pressure got to to the band, and it's and it's palpable. It's really palpable. Uh, you can feel it. You can actually see it in their faces. And it's, and I think the pressure kind of made those sessions kind of uh, they were drained. I believe. Uh, but that's that's my take on it. Obviously, I think anyone, everyone will get their own take on it. That's how I felt. Uh, but you get, I mean, I love the documentary or the first episode. I love the way it was done because it, the narrative was not forced by Peter Jackson. I think what he did was make sure that the sound he had matched with the visuals and guide what he had guide the narrative. You know, it's not like an outsider narrating what was going on. It was the same events themselves that were taking us through the, through the process. So it does feel like you're watching the Beatles natural, as nat nature intended. You know, you're watching them as they were. You're watching them uh, not with a script, not what the director wants to see. You're seeing what was going on. And that's what I loved about it. I mean, you saw the good and the bad and uh, and of course it was truly special to see new footage of John and George because of course uh, they're both no longer here as, as much as I loved Ringo and Paul's footage it was a little bit extra special to see John again uh, a new glimpse of him uh, and me as a Lennon fan, I was truly happy just to see him smile and play the guitar uh, in scenes that I never saw him do before. Um, of course, the process of the songs are very interesting. Um, the process of two of us, Don't Let Me Down, I Got a Feeling, and the beginnings of Get Back. At one time, they performed Let It Be. And Across the Universe was there. Uh, the footage of Across the Universe, I believe, is, a s I don't know, it's not the same one in the film. Um, I don't think so, because the, in the film, 
the audio was different. Maybe they just used the same film and used a different audio. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's a, it was a special episode. I can't wait to, to the, for the rest. I think tomorrow's episode is going to be uh, really, really something else because this one was left with a big cliffhanger and it's it's kind of good, interesting because we've always, or at least always, I in every documentary, uh, the moment where George leaves the band is usually presented after the row or the discussion they have while reco- while practicing two of us. But based on what we're getting now, weeks passed or days passed uh, until George decided to walk out on the band. And to see it, it was such a shock. Because you see that George kind of uh, just wakes up, just gets out of the chair and casually says, I guess this is where I live now. I leave the band, and I was, I mean, you can see John, like, when, you know, it's a shock. And it's kind of weird, because you think that, because the stories always go, and I think John said it, that he was the one that wanted to leave for a very long time. But it didn't appear like he wanted to leave when he heard Jerish left, because I think he felt, I think he felt hurt or frustrated that he left. Uh, so anyway, I mean, it was it was kind of shocking, and here's where you get the brilliance of a director. Uh, the first episode ends with this with this with the moment George walks out, and at the moment, the song that plays out is "Isn't It a Pity," which is exactly about that, about how how they break each other's hearts and all that. And um, and I want to get into a little bit of my understanding of why George left but this is my opinion uh, this is not fact I don't know George I have never talked to any Beatles so this is just my perception based on what I saw on on the documentary so so don't get you know we can all have our own interpretation and our own takes so I, I made some key points that I'm gonna get into a little bit of of what I thought was uh, new and unique to me and I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start with uh, one thing that uh, that shocked me the most. Well, not shocked me, but changed what I thought. And it's about Paul. I had the idea that Paul, during the Let It Be sessions, was really like a tyrant and like this big boss man ordering them around. And uh, yes, in a way, but not like I thought. I don't think he meant anything bad by it. Uh, and the bad thing is that it was mostly directed at George. And I think that's a point I'm going to do later, but that's, I think, contributed to him leaving. Uh, but I didn't feel like he was imposing, which is what I always believed. I think he was merely making suggestions and what I felt that maybe frustrated Paul was that A um, no one gave ideas back you know maybe like if if you're working on something that you all believe in and you hear a suggestion that works like I'm sure they did when they were starting 
I mean, you don't mind that the other one suggested it or you say, no, but I think we should do it this way, uh, which, yes, it happened in a way. But anyway, I don't think Paul was the... I don't think he was being like a tyrant. I think he was just making suggestions. And it was hard for Paul because I think he felt frustrated maybe by the lack of enthusiasm coming from John and George. I mean, John and George sometimes look like they don't want to be there. That's 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 the truth. Uh, in some moments, in others, they really feel like they're having a good time and enjoying playing. But at some points or sometimes, maybe the frustration Maybe it has nothing to do with the Beatles themselves. Um, but I think it's it's most to do about that. And I was kind of uh, happy uh, that I saw this side of Paul, at least in this episode, where I didn't feel like he was mean or he was, uh, based on this, maybe in some of the tracks, he was a tyrant. Um, but I didn't feel it, not on, LP, not, not on what I saw. I think he made suggestions. He did take a leadership role, but he resents, he resented it. And I think there was a moment in the film when he says it, look, I have, I have to do this because someone had to in a way. And and he, f and he said that after Epstein, their manager died, that, that someone had to do it and no one wanted or something changed after that. And, it's, and I think it's the truth. So that was kind of nice. I, I kind of felt like, you know what, I thought I was going to confirm that theory f uh, about Paul, which in a way is true, and I, and I know of songs where he really drove them insane, or in the case of George, kind of sat him on the bench and, hey Jude, uh, which I don't know how bad it could have sounded, because I think George, in Let It Be Answers, with his guitar, and it sounded great, so who knows how great it might have sounded in Hey Jude if he only had left George to try things out. And in the end, if he doesn't like it, they can scratch it out, like they always done. So another point, another point that I really love seeing was John and Paul collaborating. I mean, you get songs like You Miss Some Truth, which John says, shall we work on it? So he's inviting him to work on it, even though in the end it became a... a a song John used as a solo artist uh, but you get to see them working together a lot like in I got a feeling even in Get Back even though it's mostly known as, as a Paul song you have to now say that uh, that he contributed or collaborated in the making of the song even if the sole credit goes to Paul which is not true this is always to Lennon and McCartney but that was great I mean I love seeing them work together, uh, I love seeing them sometimes talking and one of the most moving moments uh, for me uh, was when George left uh, when the three of them kind of go into the corner to talk so they're not listened to and they hug each other or kind of like form this huddle um, it shows that there was still a bond there no matter what was going on um, other things that didn't bug me was the presence of Yoko. Uh, I thought, and I'm sure that it, during the White Album, maybe it caused a little bit of like what she's doing here. But in Let It Be, I didn't see her. She did not interrupt. And she was just sat beside John. I don't, I don't think that's something that could 
be that bad. And then I'm, I think it's good because the, the, all the other Beatle wives uh, went to the sessions and it seemed like they had a good atmosphere, like a family atmosphere. And I don't think it's what has been famously told. I don't think she played the Beatles because she, she hardly talked. Um, another point that I have to, I want to get into is, is George, or George uh, left. And the, the first point that I, I need to make is that I think George, um, I think he just reached a certain point that he couldn't take no more. Uh, maybe, you know, not, not, not playing in Hey Jude because Paul didn't want him. I think he, even though he seems fine in the video of the recording of Hey Jude, I think it hurt him. And any, crit and any advice, I think he received it as criticism. And one thing that kind of made me sad or, or amazed to know is that I think he just wanted the guys to tell him you're good. Just like the just like Ringo when Ringo left. And he didn't get that. I think George didn't get that. He didn't get it from John, Paul or George Martin. And I think George Martin should have been more partial. I think he was more inclined to Paul and for and forgot about the rest of the band in a way. But anyway. Uh, I believe George I mean, it was sad to hear George say that uh, in the songs that they needed and Eric Clapton and it was great hearing John who said no 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 we need George Harrison kind of reassuring that it's you who we want who's you who we need but it, there was uh, so many moments where George was saying I can't do this you should get Eric Clapton I mean he was saying it and he said it a few times I think the band needed at that point to reassure him a little bit more I think they needed to take his songs a little more seriously. I, th I mean, he, he gave great songs for those sessions. All Things Must Pass. And it's a one day passed out, and I'm sure there were a lot of other more. Uh, but I think, uh, I think he just couldn't take no more or whatever. Uh, I think they were not feeling uh, not appreciated as much. And I don't think he was talking about being on the same level as John and Paul. But it's nice to hear someone say, oh, this song is good. Let's work on it. And work on it with the same enthusiasm as you do your own. And I think uh, that didn't happen as much. as And there were scenes in the documentary where John wasn't interested in I Me Mine. So that was hard to see. And that, that to me, I think it's why George, I think, left. I don't think it was something so awful that happened in the session itself. I think it was just accumulation. And I think if you see the face of George on the last rehearsal where he left, you can see his face like he was trying to give it a new air, but he couldn't because his hair couldn't travel. Um, so, I mean, it's really... It's really something, I think, and uh, and it's, it was really sad to see the moment he left, and it's really kind of intriguing because the documentary ends when it says that they had a meeting in George's house and it and it didn't work, so that's where it ends. So now we got to see in this in the second episode how they fixed it, how they got George to go back into the group. 
because yes, we all know he came back. So I can't wait. I can't wait for for the next episode to come. But those those were the kind of the cool points or the key points that I saw in the documentary. Um, I have to mention that I was shocked when I heard a version of Get Back being anti. Sorry, uh, anti what? It's immigration. Uh, for two things, John Bottle immigration a few years later, and in their ver uh, in that version of Get Back, they mentioned Puerto Rico where I lived, and for the Beatles to know the situation of Puerto Rico in New York. Uh, I mean, we're an island that is this big in the map, and the Beatles knew us, so kudos to the Beatles. Anyway, I just love the documentary. I can't wait for tomorrow's episode. Uh, gonna wake up early in the morning just to see it. And I hope that you enjoy the documentary. And please, if you want to share your take on the, what you just saw, you can come in here. You can come in on Facebook. I'm going to try to put the video on Facebook. And comment. Comment there what you th thought about the, the documentary. Let's keep it civil. I don't... You know, I, and I want to get into this. Uh, I've read a few comments uh, from a lot of people uh, complaining that it's on Disney Plus and not on movie theaters. And I do want to say that I understand that Walt Disney is not a saint company. Yes, they have like this huge monopoly, if you want to say it like that, I don't know. But I, I, I was kind of happy that we get in the documentary this way. Now, I had Disney, I had Disney Plus. I, I'm a fan of the Marvel series and all that, so I've always had it. But I, th I told someone who was complaining and wanted it to go in a movie theater. And I, and I told him, I mean, respectfully, uh, that I understood his point. But just think of what we're getting. <clears throat> I mean, Disney Plus, if you get... I don't think it costs more than nine ninety nine, and if you get the bundle, it's thirteen. That's the one I have. Um, even if you just want it for that month, when you go to a movie theater, you pay. I mean, here where I live, it's eight bucks at least or ten, and that's it. You get you get what you see and you leave, and that's it. Uh, for ten bucks, Disney Plus for a month, I could see. Uh, Mandalorian, I could see WandaVision if I haven't seen it. I can see any show available on Disney, Disney Junior, and, and all the other things available on Disney Plus. So for one price, which I don't know how how much a ticket costs in, in America, in the United States, but for that price, you get much more than the Beatles documentary. And the other point I make is that. If they were going to make a film for a theater, they couldn't make a six-hour-long film. Uh, it had to be two, two-and-a-half hours at most. And we wouldn't get the whole story. We would get an edited version of it. So I'm happy to be getting it on Disney+, Plus, where we can have three different nights of, of something to see. They last one-and-a-half hour, two-and-a-half hours so. I think we're getting more for our money uh, this way than the than the having it in the theater, and uh, so I I understand some of the points they made for the theater version, but 
I'm kind of happy that it turned out like this because we got more. And I think we get more if you pay the 9.99 for one simple month. You know it'll pay. So this is the video. This is my take on the first episode of the Beatles Get Back. Remember on Thursday, November 25th, the second part will premiere on Disney Plus, and I'm gonna try to do the same. Watch it and then come and share with you the little bits and pieces that I left. Anyway, take care. Happy Thanksgiving if you see it on on Thanksgiving Day or. If you see it a week later, I hope you had a, a great Thanksgiving day. So, uh, goodbye, take care. Remember to follow me on all my pages. Bye. Hi, everyone. I'm Luis from LuisReviewer.com. Here doing uh, a little bit of a video podcast. Uh, this is going to be focused entirely on the Beatles Get Back. Now, I did I did a video review of the first episode so if you want to check check that one out before this one uh, I'm gonna be focusing on this one on episodes two and three because I, I was not able to do a, a standalone video on episode two uh, so I decided to just wait this morning finish the third episode and do one uh, talking about the both both episodes uh, this is with spoilers I'm not gonna I'm going to go into details, so see it after you've seen it, seen it for yourselves and and we can comment on what we liked and all that. Uh, so fa so now that it's that I've seen it as a as a whole, I've seen, I've seen the three episodes uh, on the overall kind of note, uh, we have to be as Beatles fans thankful uh, for what Peter Jackson did. I mean, he just took. Uh, us as fans on a on a ride that's just just amazing just to see them as they were because I don't think it was sugar coated in any way uh, just to be in that period of time I mean and just to see the band even with the difficulties uh, just still playing and making excellent music and having fun even while going through through the motions of what they were going through because that is obvious no one is denying that they were drifting apart or they were already a kind of apart but we're trying to uh, get it together and maintain the beetle thing i think that is my main takeaway uh from this film a lot of a lot of things that i thought were very wrong my perspective has changed on a lot of things and i'm gonna get into that at the end but let's go to episode two. I mean, episode two, uh, if we went back to episode one, it ended on a very grim note, right, by George uh, saying, I'm leaving the group. And for me, it was really, because like I said, I knew he left the band, but I never saw it. I never heard it. I never saw John's reaction. Uh, so episode two, it starts off as John, jo Paul, and Ringo are trying to see what they're going to do about it. Uh, so the, the episode starts uh, with Ringo and Paul waiting on John. They were, I mean, the look on Paul's face on these scenes, I mean, it broke my heart, honestly, uh, because now I finally think, I believe, that he was really trying to keep it together, not for his sake, like I think John once said, 
I think Paul loved his bandmates. I think he believed in the Beatles still. And I think his heart was really broken. Even if he had uh, he himself being part of maybe a little bit of the problem with George especially. But I think he didn't mean it, which is where I think my perspective might have changed. Anyway, uh, so that's that's a highlight, not a highlight, but that's one thing that stood out for me is Paul's really sadness about what was going on. And he's mature because he took it because right after that scene, John arrives and they go into this meeting where they didn't know the uh, microphones were installed. So years later, we're able to actually see them. Just the two men talking, talking it out. And it was really incredible because they were both honest and John really, I mean, not in a, he didn't say meanfully. I think he was just being honest. And Paul didn't respond in an immature way. He took it. He understood it. I think he tried then to compromise a little bit, which he told that he was going to compromise, uh, hoping that the others would compromise with him. And I think they did in a way. Because you see later on, when Paul is making suggestions, I think they, the rest of the band just heard him and did it what, how he wanted. Uh, but anyway, I mean, to hear them talking it was just so... I mean, I read it because I think some of that is on the Get Back book, but it's not the same as listening to them. I was glad that they were not fighting. They were just having a normal discussion between two friends about the differences and they said some hard stuff uh, and but it was really shocking to hear it and, and really kind of something that uh, I mean the first kind of minutes of the second episode as fans it was really interesting uh, but I think hard to hear I mean when you but the, but it's at the same time it was a relief because they were not really shouting at themselves and after that they sat and they still have a laugh even though they knew it wasn't comfortable, what they went through, there was there was a share, and they were having a laugh. And Mike Lindsay Hogg said that they should stop the documentary, and, and Lennon and McCartney were laughing. No, and, uh, now now it's, that is getting interesting. So it was even with the turmoil, you can see that they were still friends, and they loved each other, and it was just they still had their humor. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, so I remember. So after that. What John and Paul decide was to go to George and have a meeting with George. But George went to Liverpool and they had to wait until Wednesday. So what we see is footage of the three of them uh, kind of rehearsing the numbers, going through the main. Uh, but the real joy <coughs> of the episode two uh, comes uh, after George uh, comes back. Now George comes back under... Uh, some conditions, and the first condition is that they went back to the Apple Studios on Savile Row, which I think it did them good because they seemed a little bit more relaxed or the overall environment kind of, when you see the film, it changes. And we, to see George back um, playing with the group after that, the whole documentary becomes joyous to see because yeah, I've never seen a lot of the footage and you see John having fun with George, with Paul, jamming uh, and talking and having fun. And that is what made this documentary for me uh, kind of great. And we see a lot of songs that were not even on Let It Be, but they were the beginnings of what would be Abbey Road. Uh, 
uh, Oh Darling, I think is around. Uh, she's so heavy. Polythene Pam. Uh, so, which were all great. Um, another thing that <coughs> stood out for me from episode two was the Apple Scrubs. George wrote a song about them and they are interviewed on the film. There's two girls who are always on the Apple entrances waiting for, for the band just to see them. They don't do nothing. They don't even talk to them. They just stand there. I mean, it's so weird. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, had to, it had to be there. And of course, one important aspect of episode two was the arrival of Billy Preston. Billy Preston changed a lot in the group because he gave them more freedom because they had a permanent keyboard player and they could play even more live without you know taking John out of the guitar or George to play bass and Paul play piano vice versa so Billy Preston was a great add to the band uh, I don't know how I mean they were talking about adding adding him permanently to the band I don't know how I would have felt about that uh, because the Beatles to me were the four of them but he Billy Preston uh, did do a lot for the tracks that he recorded don't let me down and all those songs that he was a part of he was amazing in it and i think he would have been a great addition to the group uh anyway if he would have happened uh but now let's go to episode three because episode three was really the jewel it was really the the uh i think it was the kind of episode that everyone was waiting for uh because it was the roof and all that but i think once it started uh, it was really great, and there were a lot of things that uh, that kind of catch my eye a little bit. And um, of course, we keep getting—I mean, the first uh, scenes were heart heartwarming because um, I mean to see to see John playing around with Heather, uh, Paul's stepdaughter or Paul's daughter. I mean, it was so moving uh, to see John under that light. Um, of course the whole Beatles were playing around with the little girl I think she added a little bit of spark to the room uh, and it was it was really beautiful to see uh, John especially John uh, under those uh, acting like that or or in that light you know playing around with with a, with a kid uh, I think that was kind of a, a really good and of course um, one of the things, I'm not going in order, I'm going in the order that I remember. There was one bit uh, where George was talking to John. And I think he was just giving the idea away that maybe they could do their solo projects and still be Beatles. Uh, basically what George was saying. And you feel for George that uh, he had so many songs that he wanted to do an album and just uh, and then go back to the Beatles. Uh, so just to get the songs that he had out I, and John kind of like uh, I think he heard it I, I, I don't know if at that time he would uh, had agreed to it or thought it was going to do it but I think later on he did uh, so but it's it just it's, it's hard for George George was the one in, the, in a tough situation and when you listen to All Things Must Pass uh, you knew he had a right to get those songs out because the songs were just were just so great uh, so uh, basically, other highlights of episode three were, were the discussions about what to do with the live performances. I found that very interesting. I think Paul 
really wanted to do something big. He really wanted to go back on stage. And I think he had a point that they were shy about going back. Because, in, in, and it's sad for the world, maybe. Not the world, but the, but the fans. Because they had so many bad experiences when they when they toured. That I think they never wanted to go back. Especially George. And the thought of going back to that, I think, terrified him. And I think that was the biggest wall between them and doing a real life performance, which is what Paul wanted. Paul wanted them to go back. I don't think he wanted to tour, but he wanted to do a live show for real. But John had also great points, and we see that because they were rehearsing, but they were not ready to do 14 numbers, which is what John was saying. And they were both, they both had points. I think they both had points. Um, and now let's go to the roof, and then I'm gonna give my overall uh, consensus about well, all the things that we saw. Okay, so the rooftop was interesting. I never saw uh, completely, I have to be honest. I only saw what was in the documentary, in the original Let It Be. Uh, but there were songs that I knew they sang on the rooftop that I never heard, like One of Channel Nine. In Digapony, I might have heard it, but I, I haven't seen it in such a long time. And it was really interesting, and I loved the way it was shot. Uh, because what Peter Jackson did, he took all the, he split the screen, so you can see all the cameras, so you can see all the angles of the, of, the, of their performance, and which made it very interesting, very cool. And this this was good and bad because uh, as a fan, you would have just wanted to see the performance, but as a documentary, it added a lot to have the street shots and while they're performing. You could hear the crowd uh, talking, and of course, it went through people who were mad because they were disturbing the peace, and others who were really glad because they were a fan of the Beatles. Uh, some made me laugh, like why the roof? We wanted to see them, not hear them. Others said it was a stupid idea, but it wasn't a Beatles fan. Uh, some old people complaining that they that they woke them up, uh, and of course the police went, and it, and it just seems I don't know. The the police went up there to the roof. And just stood there just to make sure they stopped playing. Uh, it was really interesting. I really enjoyed the reactions of the crowd. And to see how they stopped London. I mean, only the Beatles would do that. I mean, just go on the roof and play. And they stopped the, the, the city. And uh, the performances were really good. I mean, as a fan, I, as I was looking at them now. With the way it sounded, maybe technology-wise, it sounded so great. But it, it was sad to me in a way because I felt like the band, if, if they would have gotten over the, the fear or, or get the notion that they didn't have to tour like they used to, they could still do some live performances and do a film live or I don't know, not do a massive tour like they did in the 60s, but do some kind of tour. They sounded great live. I mean, Get Back sounded great. Uh, I got a feeling sounded great. John's voice sounded amazing live. So did Paul's. I would have loved to listen to a George uh, live song on the roof, but they, they repeated a few numbers, which was kind of like, okay. But it's like John said, they were not ready for a real live performance. So I think what they did was just mainly do a recording session on the roof and people just happened to see them. But that turned out to be their last live performance. So it's a treasure to have and to see. And hopefully 
if they release it on a DVD or Blu-ray as a special edition, you get the whole rooftop without the crowd. That would be interesting if they release it. I would buy it even if it's in Disney Plus. Uh, but that was so great to see, and I love the reaction of Paul when he looks back and see the cops. I mean, that was priceless. I mean, he was laughing because he was happy that it was happening. Because it's something he said on the first episode that they should do it someplace. They get dragged off by the police. And it was happening and it, and it was funny. Uh, because the others were kind of like, what's going on? Paul was having fun. And he kept looking back at the police. And I love how he finished Get Back. You know, by saying that uh, that they were playing on the roofs and that they were going to get them arrested. I mean, the Beatles just, their humor, their, their way of just having fun. That's one of the things that make them great. Obviously, it's their music, but but I think the thing of the roof is that it, the that the biggest takeaway is that it would have sounded great if they continued to do live performances of the newer songs. I mean, I know Sgt. Pepper would have been hard to play live, but the White Album could have been played live. Abbey Road, some songs could have played, been played live. And of course, Let It Be. And they could have played all these, which would have been great. Um... But, you know, we'll know what happened after that. Um, of course, they did Abbey Road, but that was the end of, of the band. And the ending of, of the documentary was so bittersweet. I mean, when the credits started rolling, I just I just, I just left sad because I truly wanted to see more. Uh, and, you know, after that, it's like the time capsule ends and reality sets in. Or what happened after that, of course, the breakup, uh, Lennon being killed, George Harrison passing to this day. So it's like losing them all over again. I mean, not that tragedy, tragically, sorry, but it's just how it felt at for me at the moment. And when they started uh, rolling the credits, but they kept, they, they kept rolling film of the Beatles recording, two of us, The Long Winding Road and Let It Be. It just made it so bittersweet and amazing. It was really a great ride. I mean, this was something that I was anxiously waiting, I have to be honest, and I was not disappointed. I mean, it was all the episodes were two plus hours. So you really, I mean, you must have gotten like eight hours of, of the Beatles, like I've never seen them before. And, and I'm going to get into... Uh, because even in the Beatles anthology, a lot is said about Let It Be. And my perception has changed completely. Uh, especially my perception of Paul. I think whatever blame I used to place on him based on what John and George said, it's kind of weighing down because I felt pity for him. Not pity, but sadness because I think he was suffering for real. I think he was really, really hurting about what was going on with the Beatles and the band breaking up and this scene, I mean, you cannot fake the eyes and the sadness that Paul had every time when George left and they were trying to solve that issue. After that, of course, uh, everyone had more fun, which is another thing that I love hearing, seeing, because I don't think the original film highlighted that. It just felt like a grim, uh, and maybe that's the direction he wanted, I don't know. But I'm so thankful for Peter Jackson and what he did because he kept it real. I mean, we see the struggle, we see the drifting apart, but at the same time, 
we see that they still love each other, that they enjoy each other's company, they they sh enjoy each other's music. Uh, so my biggest takeaway is that the Beatles broke up more because of Alan Klein than anything else, Yoko, whatever. I have to say it's Alan Klein, uh, the management that Paul didn't want Alan Klein and the rest of the Beatles did. I think that's what really broke them up, the business side of it. I don't believe anything else. I think anything else that would have worked it out. That I truly believe that after seeing this, because I didn't. I mean, they said some hard stuff and they still uh, treated each other cordially and have fun and all that. So I believe the main thing that happened is Alan Klein and maybe some other business stuff uh, that Paul got fed up, maybe and left and left or John fed up. I'm not saying. I'm. I mean, maybe it would have happened anyway without Alan Klein, uh, but maybe it could have been a little bit more uh, friendlier than how it actually all went down. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, this is a great documentary. Even if you're not a fan of the Beatles, it's interesting to see the dynamics of the group and how they worked. And uh, it was just such an amazing ride. I enjoyed the three episodes so much. Uh, I just have to rewatch it then later on and just keep enjoying it. Um, But that was the biggest take on it. I think it was just that uh, a lot of things, a lot of perspective now has changed. And I'm glad that we got to see this documentary. And uh, what a ride it has been. Uh, just to see them, the songs and the way they played them, uh, get back, how, how it just got born, right on the spot, where Paul waited for John. He started playing the bass and that's how Get Back got born. That was so great to see. To see them collaborating, John and Paul, it was also good. To see John helping George with something, uh, giving him advice to, to how to get to the lyrics because George was stuck on a line. So it had a lot of good things. I mean, it just, and even the bad bits, uh, they were heartbreaking, but at the same time, it was so uh, captivating and intriguing just to see them work it out and just to see how it all unfolded. Um, So anyway, that's my take on it. It's been great three episodes. It's been great three days. Uh, I was not disappointed at all about what we saw, about what I saw. And um, well, now I'm going to give you follow me on www.lewisreview.com. Uh, I'm going to do now, well, on these days, another video to talk about some other movies that I've seen this week. It has not all been Beatles, folks. I've seen a few films, so I'm going to talk about them a little bit. Um, but that's going to come up maybe tomorrow or Monday. Uh, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the films as much as I did. Uh, remember, you can you know, give me your, your opinion or takes on the film uh, on, the, on the comments. And well, have a great time or a great day, whatever you see this. And remember, I'm on Facebook, Liz Reviewer. I'm on Instagram. Uh, I think it's... I don't know where how I'm on Instagram. I hear that. Uh, but anyway, I'm on YouTube. Just subscribe to my channel if you want. And I'm on Facebook. And I have a webpage, www.lucifer.com. Okay, so now that's it for now. Bye.